Hello and welcome to the True Blue LA podcast. Jacob Birch, Eric Steven. What a what a weird Dodgers team. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's weird times in Los Angeles. Uh, we got injuries. We got the trade deadline, and I I was gonna you know I'll just do it since uh, that's sort of it's the this one of the titles or the subtitles of the episode. Uh, I'm just gonna say uh, when you sure you've had enough. Uh, because everybody hurts right now, and that's what we're going to talk about. We should do a karaoke episode. No one. Oh wants my that. god! No one yeah. wants that. Well, that'll be. We need to set up a Patreon for that to incentivize <laughs> us to do such a thing. But uh, yeah, yeah, the musical but... episode. All right. <laughs> well, we're going to catch up on the week ahead. Um, we already looked at the trade deadline last week, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. We've got Dodgers rewind. We have questions from Craig after this. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How many times have the Dodgers this year gotten like amped and the hope is right because ah the Dodgers are finally at full strength? Yeah, um, motion to cancel that phrase forever. <laughs> Second. Yeah, and so they were they were really close because I, even we recorded last Monday. It was an early record for us. Uh, Mookie Betts was in the early stages of this hip inflammation thing. But it was to a point where, like, Corey Seager was probably going to return against the Giants last week. So we're like, oh, they could, they're going to have, like, their full team back for the first time since, like, the the fifth game of the season. Um, and no, none of that happened. And in fact, <laughs> many more people left instead. Uh, yeah. Uh, I will, um, I'm just going to read this. Uh, this, on the in the Dodgers' 100th game of the season, this was on Saturday against the Rockies. This starting with the cleanup position. This was four through eight in their starting lineup on Saturday. Albert Pujols first base, Austin Barnes catcher batting fifth for the first time since 2018. Sheldon Noisy at second base, Billy McKinney in right field, Luke Rayleigh in left field. <laughs> um, they won that game. Uh, one nothing on an Austin Barnes home run. Uh, I mean, he's batting fifth. He's, he's, yeah, exactly. That's a slugging Look, spot. Why we we finally unlocked the the the, the key to Austin. Barnes Anytime powers. anyone tells you lineup order, it doesn't matter. Just remind them that being inserted in the fifth spot gives you magic powers. So the one of the things about that lineup that was notable is you might be wondering if you're listening to this, probably not because you watch, but uh, if you just are binging our podcast and haven't watched the Dodgers in a while. Uh, you might remember that last week we had a bet um, uh, based on one of the questions from Craig. Um, 
will the Dodgers trade for a player who plays for them before Friday's trade deadline? I said, nah, no, it's not going to happen. And Jacob said yes. And like within like uh, technically, two, literally two days after we recorded, they said, we're going to trade for a guy right now. And then he, <laughs> uh, Billy McKinney, um, he, he, he was traded for Wednesday, started Thursday, uh, eight days before the deadline. So Jacob wins. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> For, th- for that, you win nothing, except, mm. you know, obviously bragging Pride. Um Billy, Billy McKinney is a lefty hitter, very bad against left-handed pitching, reasonably close to league average against right-handed pitching. <laughs> now, he, yeah, so he rates well defensively, which makes the last four days uh, watching him an adventure because he looked like he was on skates out there a few times and... Like his first throw was a, uh, a perfect like <laughs> Raul Abanez Im- impression. He just it was it just slipped out of his hand. It was hilarious, but like, oh man! So and he started all four games in right field uh, because uh, Mookie Betts uh, that that hip inflammation it just didn't really go away. Uh, it they sort of it got worse. Uh, I guess it's this is one of those things he's that's been nagging him all year that he's talked about. You know. He was never really specific with it until, like, right after the All-Star break. Um, but at the time, so he was, like, uh, he was in a 12-for-16 stretch. He scored 12 runs in those four games. Uh, he had four extra base hits in the Saturday game at Coors Field and had to leave early because of the hip inflammation. Uh, and then unavailable the next day. The day we recorded the podcast, he was in the lineup, penciled in on that Monday game. But ultimately scratched. He was not in any of the lineups the rest of the week. The Dodgers were sort of buying time, putting him on the injured list, thinking, well, uh, Mookie Betts could be ready for the next Dodgers Giants series, which starts, we're recording this week on a Tuesday. It starts tonight in San Francisco. Finally, they sort of gave up that idea on Sunday um, because it just wasn't getting any better. They placed him on the injured list. which knocks him out through at least uh, next weekend. The earliest he can come back is August 1st. Now, um, the Dodgers, during that time, they played with a short bench because they had bets active but unavailable. And he did pinch hit Monday, but he otherwise he really wasn't available. So they were willing to put up with it, obviously, for the hope that he'd be back this week. But also, uh, who were they going to call up, right? Like, um, <laughs> they had... Um, the, the, the 40 man sort of hitters that are, you know, potentially available to call up Luke Rayleigh, Zach Rex, DJ Peters, those are outfielders. Sheldon Noisy's played a very little bit of outfield, but mostly an infielder. Um, this in the majors this year 172 plate appearances, 159, 233, 280 with a 40% strikeout rate. In July, uh, three of those four have played in the majors, no, no, G, no DJ Peters. They're one for 21 with 12 strikeouts. I've gotten to the point where I don't believe any of those four players should bat again for the Dodgers this season. Not really giving on the, up, up on them long term, you know, but if they if they need to clear space on the 40-man roster, I know who I would choose. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's they, they so they have to upgrade. We'll, we'll get to it that in a little bit but like um the other only other real hitter on the roster on the 40-man roster who's not in the majors is Caber Ruiz um he had a a three homer game last week in a game that he also doubled off the wall for triple a um baseball america's mid-season prospect rankings came out yesterday and he jumped all the way to 16th the 16th best prospect in major league baseball a huge jump he was number 39 i think in their last update the only there's only two catchers ahead of him prospect wise, uh, Gabriel Moreno uh, of the Blue Jays, who's younger, uh, and Adley Rutschman of the Orioles, who was the number one pick a couple years ago. Um, Reese just turned 23 last week. Um, at this point, like it's given the current roster, even if when people are healthy, I think it would be worth it just to call Ruiz up, even as a hitter, even if the Dodgers don't want to play him at catcher because they are pretty set with obviously will smith like all-star level type production and austin barnes who you know aside from the home run saturday has very little power doesn't really hit much but still like for a backup catcher perfectly fine and they absolutely adore his like game calling um 
pitch framing, all, all that kind of stuff. So he also does, like, I think still tied for the lead with in uh, catcher's interference, which is weird. But, like, I don't, you know, that's not a thing they're going to break up at this point. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's, that's sort of where they're at. And then, you know, the position players, like, the depth has been sort of tested. Um, they've sort of waited out like Cody Bellinger. Uh, so he's down right now on the season. He's hitting 161, 274, 282. Like, and it's like in a good amount of play defense. It's like 170 something, I think. Uh, there's 312 major league hitters with at least 150 plate appearances. Uh, Bellinger's 309th in average, uh, 277th in on base percentage, 305th in slugging. So just terrible all around. Now he's been in the lineup because we talked about the the other options are bad, uh, but also he's very good still defensively in center field, and you've seen that like in the games he's played, tracking down balls, like just improving the overall defense. Um, it, you know, as opposed to some games where they've had like Mookie Betts in center and then someone lesser in in one of the corners, um, it really you can really sort of see the difference with Bellinger out there. And obviously, Bellinger has a track record, uh, so they're just sort of being extremely patient with him, hoping things will turn around. Now he was also 0 for 25 uh, in a skid that was snapped Friday against the Rockies. He had like three hard hit balls. It was a double. A hard out. I forget where he hit it. Uh, but then he tripled off the wall. And then he left the game with another hamstring injury. <laughs> because that's how the season is going. Bellinger, like, really hasn't had a chance to, like, catch his breath, you know, without getting hurt this year. Basically, since November, he had the surgery to repair the shoulder that he dislocated. Celebrating a pennant-winning home run, I might add, since people seem to forget that. Um, he didn't play until, like, the final two weeks of spring training. Then he got hurt in the fifth game of the year, that aforementioned game, the last time the Dodgers had basically everyone they wanted on the active roster, position player-wise. Um, he missed 46 games with that. When he came back, he played 12 games, and then after his first, uh, after consecutive multi-hit games for the first time in this year, he strained his hamstring while avoiding, trying to avoid getting hit by a wild pitch, by the way. He missed 10 more games. He, ca- he came back after that. This was like his first real extended playing time, but he didn't really wasn't doing anything like we talked about. He he finally had a multi hit game in that stretch this Friday. That was his first one since returning. Then he was hurt again. He might be he hasn't played or well, he pinched hit Sunday, but he hasn't started the last two games. If he's gonna play the I would imagine the first couple games back or whatever, he might play first base just to sort of ease him back in, which again affects things because, uh, you know, Muncie has to play second base. Um, then, you, you'll, you know, you'll have someone else in the outfield, like Luke Rayleigh still on the active roster, for instance. They optioned uh, Sheldon Noisy over uh, on, on Monday. So, yeah, it's, it's a problem. So the setting for that Saturday, why the lineup was like it was, um, you know, Betts was still active at the time. Both he and Bellinger were unavailable. It was the day after... Uh, Bellinger hurt his hamstring. The Dodgers only had 12 position players uh, active on the roster uh, until calling up Luke Rayleigh that morning. So that's 13. That's only That only gives them 11 available position players on the roster. A part of that was also because Gavin Lux, uh, af- right after we recorded last week, he went on the injured list with a hamstring strain, might be out for a little bit. Max Muncy was gone all weekend on paternity leave. Uh, he and his wife Kelly had a baby girl, Sophie Kate Muncy, on Friday. Uh, adorable. Um, so he was gone. And then Will Smith, Austin Barnes, they've split every single day-night uh, split this season. So it was just, uh, it was going to be one or the other um, sitting in that game, you know, with the other catching Sunday. Barnes got Saturday, Smith caught Sunday. They both homered, so kudos. Dave Roberts pulling all the right strings there. <laughs> but that I like it really was. It was the worst. You, I looked at that lineup as, and I, I, I didn't. It was. I, I don't often. I don't care about the lineup so much. It, people complain about it all the time. It's usually as long as the right players are in there. We knew, given the roster, all the right players were not going to be in there because they don't have all the right players. But. I stared at it. It didn't even dawn on me and that until like 
I looked at it for a while that Austin Barnes was hitting fifth and Sheldon Noisy was hitting sixth. I was like, my God. Like, <laughs> I, this was, it's easily the worst lineup they had this year. I, I don't, it's probably the worst lineup they've had in like three years, maybe. I don't know. But yeah. Oh, and then the other thing is that Corey Seeger, who we talked about, like, still like in limbo. And, and, and it's really, they, they said they're waiting for the, the green light, basically. From the training staff, they haven't got it. Uh, he's been working out, doing all the pregame stuff, batting. It just hasn't been greenlit by the training staff. He's he's going to be in at Camelback Ranch while the Dodgers are on the road. They're in Arizona this weekend, so they'll sort of match up there. But uh, he's probably going to go on a rehab assignment now. Uh, after So this is his 11th week um, since getting hit by a pitch. Um, and it's probably going to be into that 12th week until – he's like close to returning. So it, it's been incredibly frustrating for like everyone involved there. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a rough, a rough go, uh, you know, in terms of like getting a lot of the, uh, the lineup, both active and healthy. So yeah, kind of weird. So all of that led to not certainly not a good looking week, but the results not, not good, but also not, the depths of despair that were those really long losing streaks earlier in the season, at least so far. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's hard, you know, you forget like last year it was 60 games. uh, And then obviously the postseason, but like, man, it it really has been a long time. Uh, It's, it's weird how you sort of forgot how long a baseball season is. So, so it's hard to sometimes look back or get like that, broad overview because you're so immersed in like the day-to-day stuff they still have like i think it's the second yeah the second best record in the national league they have i think the yeah the red sox are the only team ahead of them in the american league uh they have the best run differential in the majors they're two games back of the giants so obviously not exactly where they want to be but still like relatively doing very good (laughs) like but they did lose four of seven last week. They dropped three or four to the Giants. And the way they dropped them was, like, especially frustrating because Kenley Jansen blew two straight saves uh, the last two games of the series. Um, and that was after he blew the save Sunday in Colorado. So this had, uh, I will say this week, I, I, that the second blown save included, like, two just, weird plays uh one was a a force out like to uh chris taylor to sheldon noisy at second base uh could have been the the second uh or the third out of the game excuse me or the inning ending the game uh sheldon noisy did not move at second base (laughs) to, to the point where dave roberts uh, uncharacteristically, sort of, I hesitate to say called somebody out because he didn't even mention Noisy by name, but it was as as far as he'll go in terms of criticizing someone publicly, and he just said, "If we stretch there, we win." <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, and that was true. But then also, uh, Kenley Jansen uh, to Darren Ruff. Darren Ruff uh, did not check his swing. They checked to first base umpire, and he said he did check his swing on ball four. Now. As bad as that was, it was also really ball five uh, in in that at bat, but uh, one of those was called a strike. So just a very frustrating game all around. But Dave Roberts got ejected for each in each of those games, and it just kind of blew his gasket a little bit on on Thursday. Um, but yeah, it, it was rough uh, in, in that uh-huh. in, in many regards. What? Nothing. Oh, Darren Ruff. Damn it! Uh-huh. Yeah, good call. <laughs> oh, I didn't even see it. It was right there. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like so, they had that five and fifteen stretch in April and May, and a lot of the same things was were going on. Like, um, you know, poor offense, uh, putting the bullpen in a bad spot to begin with. So there's like literally no margin for error. So any screw up is going to be magnified, and then injuries leading you to uh, use guys on the depth chart you normally wouldn't. So you have like you know like Darian Nunez um, blew the save in the eighth inning on Friday against the Rockies. And then the Dodgers ended up losing in in the tenth. Um, then, like it was just a tense week overall. Uh, the Dodgers uh, they won in, in comeback fashion in the ninth on 
Tuesday, they lost in the ninth. The next two nights, they lost in the tenth on Friday, and then uh, Saturday. Uh, Saturday was a one nothing win. Sunday was a three two win. So like every single game was tense. Um, so yeah, um, that's that's sort of where we're at now. I want to say this: even with that bad stretch, it's still like like generally good. Like even in July, they're av- they're leading the the league in like home runs and runs scored, and they you know they had that that crazy 22 inning game or 22 run game excuse me um right before the break even if you take that out they're still averaging just over five runs a game so like they're they're still kind of humming along even with like a lot of people missing and things so there's a lot to like there that said given all these sort of question marks um they definitely i think they definitely need to add a position player not exactly sure who um like just to sort of shore up so you don't have to use those those guys we mentioned or um yeah it's just it's just been rough so i i think that's sort of where they're at right now so yeah let's let's review where do we stand on how the dodgers like you mentioned that there's no one else to call up and if you look at the 40 man that's the case um so what are the dodgers looking at for if they want an extra bat Okay, so let's just uh, on the current roster, like let's even if like Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, and Corey Seager are all back and healthy, like reasonably soon, there's I think they're still in a position to add a position player. So you know, catchers, you got Smith and Barnes active, and then Gabriel Ruiz is right there. He's a switch hitter. Um, you figure there's they're probably going to go two catchers. So like. Ruiz calling him up as an extra hitter is an option, but it's one I'm not like uh, convinced they'll do just yet. I mean, he, he's he's going to be called Ruiz is going to be called up in September when they expand to 28 players. But outside of that, I don't see them sort of jumping to that. But like just looking at the the rest of the sort of uh, roster, right-handed batters uh, currently active: Chris Taylor, Justin Turner, AJ Pollock, Albert Pujols. That's four. Mookie Betts makes five when he's back. The lefties, it's Max Muncy, um, Zach McKinstry, Billy McKinney, uh, Matt Beatty, Cody Bellinger, that's five. Seeger and Lux make seven. Um, so, and again, ignoring for the moment Rayleigh, Noisy, Rex, and Peters, it, that's uh, 12 non catchers, right? Out, you know, and then you have. Betts, Seeger, Lux, all available. You still need to count on at least one of McKinney, McKinstry, and Beatty. I, I wrote about this in the offseason where when I said they, said they needed more position player help, it was because I didn't think they were comfortable going with McKinstry and Beatty as being active, both active as plan A. I still kind of think that's in an ideal case where they, you know, they wouldn't have to use both of those guys. So... I think, and also you can't really count on all these guys being healthy. Right. Um, so I do think they're going to end up getting another uh, bat in some capacity. The The versatility helps in that, you know, you can get a, so almost a, a, position, a position player anywhere and then just move everyone around. The one, like, weird thing about that, I know Chris Bryant's, like, the biggest name out there. But, like, you know, third base and outfield but he's not playing third with Turner. Like, is he? I mean, to really commit to an outfielder, let's say Betts is healthy reasonably soon. Pollock's healthy. He, uh, Bryant's right-handed. So it's not like a platoon thing with Pollock. Do you do you platoon with Bellinger at that point? Like, uh, just to, with him sort of still scuffling? I think it would take that sort of commitment to get that kind of a player or like that sort of decision to get to that. But, uh, so I do think it's going to be more of the, like an ancillary type, um, someone they can count on maybe an infielder who knows. I I haven't really looked at all the options to be honest, but I, I, they, they, they almost have to is a strong word, but I think they will get a position player. Um, we talked about, you know, position, pitching player, pitchers last week. The, the need still holds. Um, the current rotation has David Price, who's been 
excellent uh, and like you know continues to stretch out. Uh, Tony Gonsolin pitching better, but still like. And then Josiah Gray was impressive in his debut. He gave up some home runs, but missed a lot of bats. If I don't, you know, having those three guys in the rotation, obviously Clayton Kershaw could be back within a couple weeks, but. Uh, I think in an ideal situation, you probably have David Price in the bullpen. Um, so, you know, the, the pitching needs still there. I think that's still sort of in the same spot. Jimmy Nelson in the bullpen was activated Sunday. Corey Canable started a rehab assignment, so he's like, you know, within a few weeks of returning. So they're getting, again, never say full strength because that's never going to happen. But, like, um, you can see the like where they're sort of lining up to go. So I still think it, it holds like uh, Friday's trade deadline. I would expect them to get a starting pitcher, at least one reliever, and one position player. That, that's sort of where I'm at right now. Uh, but yeah, Friday Friday at one p.m. Pacific is the um, is the trade deadline. So I'm sure next week's episode will will have a lot to talk about in terms of who they got. I'm looking forward. It'll be it'll <clears throat> assuming they do what we think they'll do. It'll be a, a fun one to talk about. Yeah, uh, the the one I think Blake Harris on our site wrote about this, um, sort of mentioning the one blockbuster that they could do. Uh, he he wants them to get uh, Craig Kimbrell, Chris Bryant, and Zach Davies in uh, in a big deal with the Cubs. Now, we've talked about Zach Davies a little bit. He like uh, he walks everybody, doesn't strike out anybody. Thoroughly unimpressive. Not really the innings either they need at all. Uh, so, but I, I wonder in that kind of a deal, like, do you do you just do that because you're getting Kimbrel and Bryant, like, right. and <laughs> you you figure out the rest, like, you know? So yeah, I, I that seems a little a little rich for my blood. I don't I don't think it's necessarily re, uh, realistic. But yeah, that that's sort of uh, where we're at. All right, you got. I know we're about to go to a break, but I think you probably have a trivia question for me. Yeah, we mentioned Cody Bellinger's struggles uh, through Monday. His OPS plus is 54 this season in, in 175 plate appearances. I was, I think, it was one off when I uh, mentioned it above or earlier. Um, since moving to Los Angeles, how many Dodgers have had a 54 OPS plus or worse in a season of at least 200 plate appearances? And a bonus question: Who had the worst OPS plus by a Dodger? All right. LA Dodger. Excuse me. I will uh I'll give that a shot after this. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip, you ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With a minimum of 200 plate appearances, how many Dodgers, L.A. Dodgers, have had, uh, or wait, so, okay, since moving to L.A., Mm -hmm. how many Dodgers have had a 54 OPS plus or worse? Yep. Um, Let's go 17. Man, you're really close. I think I, I'm giving this is within the um, like uh, error bars or whatever you want to no. say. It's 15. Okay. Um, close enough. Uh, now, I, I will tell you um, the three players right at 54 yep. are Steve, Steve Yeager, 1980, Logan Forsyth, 2018, uh, and then uh, Mike Davis, uh, World Series hero in 1988. Uh, it's a terrible regular season, but he made up for it. Um, now the word I will tell you the worst OPS plus is thirty five. <laughs> Do you have you have a guess on who? So might I be? committed to my guess, and then I loaded yep. the players' uh, baseball reference page, and I believe I'm looking at it, and I believe it's thirty five. Uh, Andrew Jones. 
that is one of them. Oh, yes. <laughs> so huge, this, this is a tricky, you, tricky man. No, but you you got it right. But you, I, I actually was kind to you in this respect that I actually gave you two chances to get a right answer. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. speak with that. Um, it's the, what, this is the opposite of the Monty Hall problem, I believe. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, oh, you know what? I take it back. There's actually three. Whoa! I, I, I glossed over the other one. Um, so the one with the most played appearances of this group is John Shelby T Bone in 1989, uh, 35 OPS plus in 371 played appearances. <laughs> My God! Uh, now I will say the only one here with qualified at bats was uh, Alfredo Griffin, the legend. Uh, 1990, a 44 OPS plus in 502 plate appearances, 210, 258, 254. And this was two years after he hit 199 with the Dodgers and a 50 OPS plus. So he is a a true legend on this list. But the other person on the 35 OPS plus club, uh, Juan Castro, 1998, uh, I believe, I got to look this up. He's a four-time Dodger, I think, as a player. Uh, I think that's right. Uh, one, two, I guess it's three. I, I, I think I was counting four because of, like, when he left in 2010 but signed again as a free agent. But I, mm. that that's continuous to me. So I think, yeah, only a three-time, three-time Dodger. But, yeah. No, this question was very evocative of when you and I put together a list of what are yeah. – the Dodger roster evocative of the movie Major League, where we yeah. it was minimum a hundred plate appearances, I think, with a war of one or less. So, I uh, Juan Castro is who I, I was like. There was another player in the nineties, and I'm, I was like trying to remember um, who it was that when we talked about that list came up. Um, and I wasn't. I was between him and Andrew Jones, and good to know either would have worked. The only other uh, people in the 2000s uh, on this list, uh, Cesar Asturias in 2002 with a 51 OPS plus. Uh, he, I, he turned it around, uh, made an all-star team for mm-hmm. that. Um, Jerry Hairston Jr. Uh, in uh, 2013, a 53 OPS plus. I will say, back to Asturias for a second, he had 468 plate appearances in 2002, so that's, that's rough. That's uh, <laughs> the uh, the other uh, Chad Fonville is on this list. Nineteen ninety six uh, video game stolen base legend. Uh, yeah, it's it's rough. Man, you talk about Darren rough once, and you keep going to that well. Yeah, I did, yeah, and <laughs> I, you you implanted it in my brain because I wasn't even thinking about it. So <laughs> you got a Dodgers rewind for us? You know what? I do. Uh-huh. Um, so Sunday was. Uh, the 40th anniversary of the 1981 World Series winning team, at least the celebration of it at Dodger Stadium. They had like a breakfast uh, that morning, and then they honored the, a lot of players on the field. A lot of players actually showed up to this. One, The one uh, that we're going to talk about is one I forgot who was even on that team was Candy Maldonado. Um, he was a rookie that year, um, one for 12 in September. He debuted two days after his 21st birthday. Now I looked. Uh, I was at the game on Sunday, and I was I I had wrote, written down like all the players who played in the World Series that year, uh, twenty five in all. Um, Maldonado did not play in the World Series, but he was there. Uh, there were cause, you know there are other people on the team, but of the twenty five, thirteen players showed, um, plus five others who didn't play in the World Series. Now five of the players on that team have died. Um, Steve Howe, Bob Welch, Bobby Castillo, Joe Beckwith, and Jay Johnstone. Uh, Dusty Baker and Mike Sosha were managing, so they didn't come. Mike Sosha in the Olympics. Um, Dave Stewart, we talked about this a couple podcasts ago. Uh, he uh, declined the invite from the Dodgers because he did not like the way they haven't distanced themselves from Trevor Bauer. Uh, he, Bob Nightingale wrote a piece about that. Uh, he was very angry about uh the situation, um, and then in the Nightingale piece, he also mentioned that Davy Lopes wasn't attending for various reasons. Uh, so, there—I don't know if they're kind of feuding at the moment, Lopes and the Dodgers. Um, the only other no-shows on the, at least from the World Series uh, players 
where Dave Goltz, Terry Forster, and Reggie Smith, the latter was a little bit of a surprise. I didn't know sure why. Smith was an honorary coach uh, at the All-Star game a couple weeks ago. I, you know, He's on good standing with the organization, so maybe it was just a scheduling thing. Who knows? But yeah, so back to Maldonado for a second. Um, they signed him out of Puerto Rico. He was 17 in 1978. Um, he tore up the minors. He was the co-MVP of the Cal League in 1980 in Lodi. He had two great years in AAA Albuquerque. Uh, in 1981, the, the year he made his debut with Albuquerque, he was 335, 398, 598. It was uh, 40 doubles, 21 homers, 9 triples. Uh, Mike Marshall that year uh, famously won the Triple Crown. Um, and then uh, the Dodgers media guide in 1984, I was reading up on this, uh, they referred to that the Maldonado and Marshall that year as the M&M duo, which is sort of a play on the mantle and Maris. Thing, which is kind of fun. Uh, so from 1980 to 1982, uh, Maldonado hit 313 in the minors. He averaged 23 homers, 32 doubles, 101 RBIs, and 87 runs. Um, in the uh, in the minors in 1982, this is like, I can't believe I, I caught this, but this was his second year in AAA, still only 21. He stole four bases and was caught 18 times. <laughs> <laughs> That, the the confidence and the the green light to have that that sort of freedom to just continue to run is it has to be amazing. Uh, we'll get to another stolen base quirk from uh, of him in a second. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> so cups of, he had cups of coffee in September in eighty one eighty two. He started to get regular playing time in nineteen eighty three. I think he made the team out of spring training and but you know didn't play a ton that year. He was a semi-regular in 84 and 85, uh, 513 total plate appearances and 10 homers in those two years, 89 OPS plus, so-so. He played all three outfield spots, but mostly in the corners. He was, you know, they played him in center field sometimes because they had to. Um, he played in the NLCS in um, 1983-1985. He, he started twice in 1985. In those postseasons, he was a combined one for nine. Didn't do much. Uh, at the winter meetings in 1985, they traded him to the Giants for catcher Alex Trevino. Um, now, I thought this was hilarious. Um, Dodgers uh, general manager Al Campanis inadvertently broke the news of the Maldonado trade at a press conference for a different trade. This was during the winter meetings. So the Dodgers had just traded um, catcher Steve Yeager to the Mariners for left-handed pitcher Ed Vandenberg. This is from the UPI news story the next day. Uh, quote, Campanis mentioned he was unable to contact Jaeger and outfielder Candy Maldonado about being dealt. Maldonado, what did he have to do with this? The embarrassed Campanis was then informed his club had not announced a trade for Maldonado and the crowd roared. First of all, I'm envisioning that. Like, how big of a crowd was it to have a roar? <laughs> now, the win it's the winter meeting, so there's probably a lot of people there, but it's still. And then Campanis sort of joked, uh, I'm new at this sort of thing. Uh, at, at that time, Campanis was the club's director of player personnel for the last 17 years, so it was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, they did later announce the trade that day uh, for Maldonado as well. Now, it was good for Maldonado in that he sort of got regular playing time after that. The next seven years, he averaged 129 games, 487 plate appearances, 25 doubles, 16 homers. Uh, he averaged 1.7 uh, baseball reference war during that time per year. He with the Dodgers in parts of five years, he was actually had negative war, zero point negative zero point eight to be exact. But yeah, it it was kind of neat. I, I did not expect him to be at the eighty one um, ceremony. Another player they they met they was there was Mark Bradley, and I was like, oh okay. I you know I don't associate him with like the eighty one team necessarily, but yeah, it was it was nice. They, Pedro Guerrero was there. They had a bunch of people there, so it was kind of cool to see. Um, everybody, but I do have a Kenny Maldonado trivia question for you. Yeah, I've been not looking forward to this one. It's not. It's not about his Triple A stolen base rate, which is amazing. Four steals, eighteen caught stealing. But in 1983, in the majors, uh, Kenny Maldonado was 0 for three in stolen base attempts. MLB started tracking stealing official caught stealing. Excuse me, officially in 1951. Who has the Dodgers record for most caught stealing in a season with zero stolen bases? So I'm dread been dreading this because this is similar to me trying to remember um, the other low OPS plus player. I know this is, yeah. as they say, in the punch bowl. It's in my brain somewhere, and I am yep. unable to pluck it out. Yeah. Uh, do you have any? You have any sort of stab? I I got I got. It would literally just be me picking. What What if I give you the year? If you give me a year, I will take 
maybe a guess. Maybe. 2005. Oh, that's a bad year for me to take a stab. Uh. Yeah. There, there were a lot of <laughs> potential answers on that. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm going to admit defeat. Uh, Oscar Robles, okay. uh, who is head and shoulders above the rest. Now, the aforementioned Mike Marshall um, ha- is second on this list with five caught stealings and no steals in 1987 mm-hmm. with the Dodgers. Uh, but the leader, Oscar Robles, um, eight steal, eight caught stealings uh, in 2005 without a steal. Jim Tracy just <laughs> giving him the green light the whole the whole year. Um, yeah. Uh, some others uh, in the, the ones with four, Casey Blake, Andre Ethier, Dave Anderson, uh, Ron Say, Ron Fairley in the three group, James Loney, Mike Piazza, Mike Sosha, um, you know, and then Tom Holler. Three of those are catchers, understandable. Uh, and then Candy Maldonado in 84. So those are your yeah. uh, offer on A player like Ethier is where my brain was going, not specifically Ethier, yeah. but someone that not necessarily known as a speedster, but not someone that wasn't slow, but someone who definitely wasn't a stolen base expert, but more, more importantly, someone that would have uh, demanded the playing time to get the opportunities to do so. And in 05, that, that that did include a lot of players. So the fact that it was 05, not surprising in the least. Yeah, you know what time it is? Hmm, I have an idea. It's time for... Questions from Craig. Five questions, some of them multi-part, from our friend I saw, Craig. I saw him uh, at um, the game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sunday against the Rockies. Uh, Craig, as well as uh, former, or still friend of the show, former uh, True Blue LA um, writer um, Phil Gurney. Uh, they were both at the game. Phil was. They were there to. Phil wanted to go see the the 81 team. So that was cool. But yeah. We hung out for a couple innings. It was great. Um, yeah. Two of the best people. So it was fun. And now I'm anxious to see what Craig is going to stunt me with. <laughs> I'm very jealous. You got to hang out with that crew. Yep. All right, here we go. I will, I will exact my jealousy with reading Craig's trivia mm-hmm. questions, mm-hmm. closing out the month. So here are some questions about slugging Dodgers in July. First, AJ Pollock has a 1.155 OPS in 77 plate appearances so far in July. Can Eric name the four Dodgers since 1995 who have a better OPS with a minimum of 50 plate appearances? So I'm mad that this uh, starts in 1985. I, I'm pretty sure Pedro Guerrero's July 1985 still is over that. Uh, his June is the more famous one. He had he hit 15 home runs, but he also um, like got on base at a ridiculous rate still in um, July, even without the home runs, and had a crazy month. Uh, that's just my way of stalling. Um, now, uh, so I th- I'm just spitballing here. I want to say Cody Bellinger. Uh, you would be wrong. One of these. Oh, damn it. Uh, let's go, Mike Piazza. Nope. Now you're just. <laughs> um, Matt Kemp. Nope. July. Man, this um, this may be the longest Ofer streak for your. Usually you yeah. rattle one or two off at least off the bat. Yeah. Um, the problem is like I don't associate like oh man remember that July you know unless, yeah, unless yeah, it yeah, was yeah. like um yeah I don't know I'll, I'll give you years how about that. Yeah, okay. 2000. Um, oh, okay, wait. Well, I'm going to say Sheffield first. You are, there you go. He's he's yeah. third on this list with a 1.180 OPS. Yeah. We could, some people just say 1180. That's fine. Nope. I want to be exacting. <laughs> right. Jeff K. Got it. Wait, you just... <laughs> wait, 2007. Uh, uh, Can you guess? Can I was you just, guess? I, yeah, I, I was going to guess the year uh, after you said that, but I wouldn't have guessed 2007, so you stumped again. I know. I want a name. Who, who is 2007? Oh, um, let's, let's go with Jeff Kent. Hey, you got it. <laughs> Dang it. 1237. Uh, I, think you, I think Jeff Kent would have been up there on your guesses. So. Mm, mm. I, don't, I disagree. Okay, 2018. <laughs> Look at me not say player names. Hey... 
Um, 18. Okay, so Seeger's hurt that year. Um, um, this is why, it, when I said Bellinger, I was thinking either 2017 when he was the rookie or 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more 2017 because I, th- I think that's when his cycle was. Uh, but now 2018, man, um, let's say Justin Turner. Nope. Um, Justin Turner would have oh been my, my first guess on this question, too. Um, wow. Um, so Matt Kemp was an all-star that year, but I believe he faded. Uh Oh, Max Muncy? Nope. I'll give you one more hint. This player is currently not on the Dodgers, but is currently active in Major League Baseball. Uh, so, did he have enough plate appearances after the trade deadline? Because it was during the All-Star game. Let's say Manny Machado. The answer is Yasmani Grandal. Duh! Okay. Uh, next one I think will be easy once I give you the year 2004. Beltre. There you go. Yeah. Adrian Beltre to be. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Chris Taylor and AJ Pollock have 53 and 51 total bases this month. I'm asking Eric to name the four Dodgers since 1995 who had 62 or more stolen bases in July. One of those players did it twice. Um... And I will give you a uh, little sneak peek. Only one repeat name from the last list. Well, I'm going back to the well on this one, and I'm, I'm going to say Mike Piazza. Nope. <laughs> um, you said one repeat? Uh, from the last list, yes. Uh, Sheffield. There you go. Number five with 65 stolen bases. Total bases, yeah. Um, not steals. Um, so, okay. I'm just going to keep saying stolen bases. That's fair. Um Let's go to eighth year. Nope. Matt Kemp. No. Yeah. Matt Kemp. No, not Matt Kemp. Okay. Um. All right. Going back to the well again, <laughs> since he wasn't an answer. Cody Bellinger. Nope. Man, this feels good. Yeah, I. This makes I, up for the fact that I can't read questions anymore. Uh, I don't know. Uh, hey, yeah. that that's my go-to answer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number one on this list was seventy-three. Eric Karras, mm. uh in nineteen ninety-nine. Uh, Raul Mondesi yeah. is the player on here twice uh, with sixty-eight okay. in ninety-seven and sixty-six in ninety-eight, and then Henley Ramirez, uh, two thousand thirteen with sixty-seven total bases. Makes sense. You see how I said total bases? I, I saw. Learning that. on the fly. Five Dodgers since 1995 have a 471 on base percentage. In July, there's again minimum 50 plate appearances. Three have been named already. Let's see if Eric can name the other two. Mm-hmm. The three um, that have been named are Sheffield, Kent, and Grandall. Okay. Uh, I'm going back to the well just because he he hits has such a high average in a couple of those years. Um, let's say um, Mike Piazza. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, I'm going to give you a year in 2007. 2007. Okay. Um, so, James Loney? Nope. Why? This is bad. I'm doing badly. Um, I don't know anything about July. Um, <laughs> um, given given the year and the era, this name should not be surprising. Okay. Um, so they still weren't good. Um, hmm. Ethier. There you go. Ethier with uh, four seventy one on base percentage. Uh, Sheffield, by the way, was five oh nine. In uh, 2000. All right. The last name, I'm going to give you one year. I'm going to give you the year and one guess, and then I'm, I'm going to move on because I don't want to have to wait for you to pull this name. Uh, 1999. Um, 
1999. Man. Um, huh. Todd Hundley. Devin White. Devon, yeah. <laughs> wow. All right, last one. I, I, I believe in you on this one. Max Muncy returns to the team uh, against the Giants with 21 RBIs in July. Five Dodgers since ni- 1985 have had 22 or more. In, in, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in July. The leader drove in 27 twice. Mm-hmm. Um, Karos? Uh, is the leader twice with 27 in 97 and 99. Um... I'll give you one of the years, 2004. Beltray. There you go. <laughs> Be nice. Yeah. Uh, 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 go ahead. I was going to say Sean Green. Uh, Sean Green uh, with 22 in 2001. Um, you got two names to go. I'm going to ask you the Matt, good of the well one more time. Matt Kemp? Nope. Ron Well. Piazza. There you go. He finally shows up on this list. Am I, I'm missing one still? You're no? missing one. 1998. Oh, 98. Oof. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, let, let's go to Mondesi again. There you go. There we go. Yeah. We just needed to get you to uh, RBIs. Jeez. You're an RBI. You, be, you believe in the RBI it's, stat. It, that's, that's true. Uh, we need, we need to get to a pitcher's official. wins question, and you'll be fine. I I, I hate July now. <laughs> this is a, what a dumb month this is. I'm sure Craig's going to do it for August, and you'll just ace all of them because you'll just say Justin yeah. Turner or something. Oh, I'm just all I'm going to do next week is is look up August stuff and then just have it have <laughs> it ready. in my yeah. <laughs> He'll be ready for De- the Devin Whites of August. <laughs> the Dodgers currently have three qualified hitters: Muncie, Turner, and Betts, with a 500 <laughs> slugging percentage. The most that they have ever had was in 2019 when they had four players do that: Bellinger, Muncie. Jock and Justin Turner. For the contest, will the 2021 team match or surpass the 2019 team? Note that Chris Taylor and Will Smith are close. AJ Pollock has a 515 slugging but isn't qualified. I mean, he may not even get enough plate appearances. I think just given the health of this team, no. <laughs> They're just good. Right. Um, so I just want to look up just to see where those other guys are. Of course, why? Why wouldn't? The browser work. That's great. Um, my, my my Google Chrome is is pulling a July on me and just screwing me over here. So Will Smith four eighty six. Uh, Chris Taylor now at four ninety seven. I don't know when Craig wrote this. Oh no, he, he said close, right? Yeah, he said close. Um, but not at. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so four guys. Um, Turner's five oh seven. Pollock, yeah, Pollock's not going to get there. He has two hundred fifty six. We've mentioned this a little bit before, but I love that Betts is one of the three, considering how the, right. the mantra of his. What, is. what, what a, a disappointing season! season. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the old. Um, oh man, uh, you know, 30, 34 years old. Uh, the last of his kind in the sport. What a what a tragedy that he's 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 like still playing or whatever. Or I don't know what I, I screwed up the tweet, but you know what I mean. Yep. Um. Wow. So will they get four players to 500 slugging in qualified? So Pollock's a no go because he's not going to qualify. Will Smith pra, might not qualify, but he'll be close. Mm-hmm. Um. So you're basically betting on Turner to stay there, Betts to stay there, and then Taylor to get there because no one else is going to qualify. So I'm going to say no. <laughs> yep. All right. No. No bets you, you, for us. You, you also said no. I yeah. did. Yeah. And I beat I'm you to it. I'm going to note it. Yep. So Jacob said no first. I followed <laughs> like a like a beta that I am. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Looking yeah. at the Brewers. I was surprised to see the ordinary season Christian Yelich is having. Not quite as poor as Cody Bellinger, but still not what we saw in past seasons. Given that, the Brewers may have the best pitching in the league. Do you see them acquiring another bat this week to help their offense? Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Not like, a big bat. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it makes yeah makes sense. <laughs> well, the big events can be compelling to watch every four years when the Olympics roll around. I enjoy things like synchronized diving and fencing. Are there any Olympic events you two enjoy, even if you only watch it every four years? Uh, my Olympic viewing tends to be whatever's on when I'm home. Like you know, like I I haven't gone out of my way to watch anything. Uh, that that said, last night we're recording this on Tuesday. I could not sleep. I did set my alarm uh, for like three forty-five, just to in case I was up or you know wanted to be up to watch uh, women's gymnastics um, this morning. Uh, but I ended up I could not sleep for like ninety minutes, and it was it was about one a.m. and that's when the women's soccer team, uh, U.S. women's soccer team, was playing. So I watched the first half of their game before falling asleep. And it screwed up my whole night, and I didn't. I slept through the that uh, gymnastics alarm, and then woke up later this morning, and recorded podcasts. So apologies if I sound tired. Um, but yeah, it's it's more like it's just kind of whatever's on, basically, uh, when I'm home, and you know, I'll, I'll move around and stuff. But there's been a lot of, and a lot of stuff is just on in the background, like either on, on mute while I'm watching a game or listening to a podcast or something. So I'm like, I've been like half paying attention to it. Uh, but yeah, it's just like whatever's kind of on. I don't know. I, I don't, it, it's hard to say uh, like really connected to it as much, but I do watch it. Uh, it's just, you know, I don't, I don't have any specific events. I, 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 because I don't have cable following, you know, I have a, a rabbit ear so I can get NBC itself, but all the, uh, other channels uh not so much so i've been not super plugged in but my understanding is they're removing my favorite olympic sport which is race walking race walking is great um just because it's hilarious um i mean it's competitive obviously but like um it's great because the referees are so invasive yeah uh, and a- like yeah aggressive they run they like <laughs> run up to you it's like like imagine a soccer red card but like it's a referee running up to your face as you're walking like you you violate you made a violation and then uh and it's because you know you can't have i what is what's the rule you can't have like your both feet off the ground or something yeah. is the and, and like they're so they're like watching these guys like hawks and it's amazing and that's like as much um as much of an event as the event is itself. So like, I, I do sort of love that, but that's like one of those things that it just, ha- you know, if it's, when it's on, it's on. And if it, I'm, but I'm not going to be like, Oh, walking's on tonight. Like I'm not going to, you know, go out of my way to watch it, I guess. I have to go take my car in for maintenance on, on that theme. I read an article on best places to stop on a drive from LA to Las Vegas. And it had me wondering on car trips, do you plan on specific places to stop on your way? For instance, the last time I went to Vegas, I stopped at Cracker Barrel, <laughs> going and coming back home. Uh, and when I went to spring training, I knew I was getting a date shake near Morongo Casino. Is it in and out the gas station complex near at the border near Blythe, or anything else come to mind? So I did, um, you know, nerdy competitive card games for a while, which involved a lot of road trips. So I got really good at doing this and you know it depends on what time of day you're leaving but for the most part you you know to just kill the monotony you wanted to have something to look forward to every hour and a half and you know sometimes that was just a clean gas station bathroom but sometimes it was notable items so yeah no this this happened all the time but the drive between denver and kansas city is one that i have really mapped out because it's an extremely boring drive and it's a very straight drive, but somehow despite it being straight and not very hilly, some of the better stops are just far enough off the highway where you wouldn't know, Oh, I can exit here and get, uh, go to the, um, the cozy Inn to get incredibly good sliders as you and I, I know have talked about. Um, yep. there's also, I think the best old fashioned, um, soda fountain, ice cream soda fountain is in Quinter, Kansas. And another nice. place you wouldn't know isn't right off the highway if, if you didn't know to look for it. So I, I accumulate these pa- these places. So uh, it's definitely one of my favorite part of road tripping. The ones I can remember are almost all off right off the highway. <laughs> that, that said, um, 
so the most common for me are the spring training trips, even though now looking back, I haven't been to spring training since 2019, but like that trip is like a six hour drive and it's, it's usually, um, there's a bathroom involved, but like the, the go-tos for me on the way out is, um, the, the George Patton museum, um, um, there's like a, a big like gas station truck stop there, like a pretty big convenience store to like fill up on drinks or snacks or whatever and a bathroom. Um, and then there are, you know, and then it's after that, it's like various, usually uh, Blythe or right, right near the, the Arizona, California border. One of those places is like a, you know, it's really a pick your poison like lunch thing. There's a barbecue place. I think it's called Rebel Barbecue uh, in Blythe. That's decent. I mean, it's you know, it's, I'm talking. It's not Kansas City barbecue, obviously, but like you know, whatever. Right. Uh, but it, it's a place. And then, but yeah, it's just like stuff like that. Now, uh, on some family road trips, like either driving to uh, Mesquite, Nevada, they all almost all the stops involve. Just getting out of the car and stretching, you know, and that's usually like, you know, stopping at even a McDonald's to just like sit for a little bit uh, or just, you know, stretch and then just relax for a second and then eat, eat a quick bite and then get back into the car and go Uh, there. When I go to Arizona, like uh, I forget exactly where, but it's in Arizona, uh, a rest stop, um, just the same thing, bathroom, stretch, just sort of unwind for a second before hitting the road again that's that's just, just that's knowing where the clean bathrooms are and that's why yeah. when you're in certain places like if you're in texas you're all you'll you'll be aware of bucky's which are have you been to a yeah. bucky's i haven't but i've heard of them yeah the they're ridiculous but also reliable yeah. clean bathrooms similarly if you're in my neck of the woods quick trip or in arizona quick trip almost yeah. i think maybe i went into a quicker bathroom once and it was like not the cleanest, but generally very well maintained. Very yeah. Uh, for a convenience store bathroom, there's no guesswork. Yeah, like you're not versus. You're not, you're, you're and this is a thing. This has always bothered me about a a part of the country dominated by cars, Southern California. Mm-hmm. You you I, I, maybe this has changed. You don't don't have that. Like Seven Elevens don't reliably even usually don't even oh. have a bathroom that the no, public you, can use. Exactly. Uh, like I live. Within, um, I, I think a maybe a couple mile radius of something like six Seven Elevens or something. It's it's like an insane number, and like none of them have a, a bathroom yeah. the public can use, right? Like, and and only a few of these type places do. It's very it is very odd in that respect. But uh, so like in yeah, and out almost ends up being your reliable, somewhat clean bathroom. Yeah, uh, and even then, it's now, they're so popular that who knows depends on that, the time. That said. The, the one, the in and out closest to me, right, right around the corner, yep. is an is a um, like a little the, the little tiny, shack tiny, ones, yeah, tiny, yeah, and so they don't they don't have a bathroom. Oh, <laughs> you know what? They do they do have a, but it's like a disconnected, yeah. like outdoor secondary building thing. But it's still, but again, relatively, um, relatively clean in, in terms of how that goes. Uh, there are. Uh, um, <laughs> I don't. If you have a bad, like, uh, bathroom trip, like in terms of like the the bathroom being not clean or, or otherwise, uh, you tend to write that place off forever. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> like so, you know, like for instance, uh, I am I am never uh, going to the, um, the Del Taco, uh, <laughs> bathroom uh, off of El, the El Toro exit. Uh, or no, is it El Toro or? Oh my God! Uh, I forgot the other exit. It's the one just south of El Toro, Alicia, uh, on on Interstate Five in Mission Viejo. Um, never ever going into that bathroom again for reasons I will not disclose. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so no, they, they you you see familiar places all the time. Uh, in September, my family and I uh, were having a mini family reunion in Palm Springs. Now that's not that far of a drive. I will be. Uh, I'm told chauffeuring both of my brothers. Uh, uh, I think we're meeting up at my brother Kelly's house. Uh, my brother Greg's flying out from Baltimore 
on Wednesday night, and then Thursday morning I'll be the one driving to Palm Springs. That's not necessarily a um, a trip that requires a stop, but like it's one of those like I do. Given that I used to live in Palm Springs, there's all sorts of places. If we had to stop either to get something to drink or do whatever, like there's 22nd Street and Banning. There's like you know you hit all the all the sort of um, you just know like where to stop. I guess Casino Morongo now is a is a thing because they have a, a, like a pretty big like um, gas station. But you you just sort of know sort of the places to stop. So yeah, it's it's a thing. <laughs> uh, and it's just again, I haven't like driven a ton in the last like you know year and a half. So like um, the, I'm sort of out of that mode right now in terms of like I just. I get in my car, go to point A to point B, and that's about it, like, right now. So, like, I haven't been in the I-need-to-stop mode uh, for a while. But I, I sort of I, I sort of enjoy it is not the right word, but I, I do sort of like it as sort of a – as part of the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it, it's pretty neat. Well, that, that wraps up a week. Yeah, and uh, – Next week, uh, we're going to have likely a few new Dodgers to talk about. Uh, you've already won one bet uh, mm-hmm. regarding that, so congratulations. And uh, we'll talk to you next week, everybody, and uh, see what uh, new Dodgers we'll talk about. Have a good one.